1: Dad, dad, Rad Dad, where we look for better dads one movie at a time. I'm Kylie.
0: And I'm Elliot.
1: And we're going to talk about the movies we watched this week before crowning the baddest dad and raddest dad of them all. And as always, dad is an energy, not a gender.
0: So as we get started here, a couple cool things to mention. First of all, right now, as of this recording, we're in Halifax. Very cool. Second is we have a very special guest with us today. It's our first two-timer. <laughs> Yeah. We have Mr. Jeremy Saunders, host of Sick Boy Podcast and Turn Me On podcast. Hello, friend. Hi guys. How Hello. are you?
3: Back at it again. So exciting.
0: Yeah. We've been uh we've been here now. This is our second last day here. Pretty much our last day because we're leaving really early tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. But uh we've been having some really nice Hanes. Yeah. You've been a really great chauffeur for us. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I Uber on the side,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a, a side hustle. It works. Kylie was saying it kind of reminds her of being back in high school before she had a license or a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just waiting for friends her friends to pick her up. up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like uh, uh, I just wanted to say like last night was a lot of fun. We went to, you took us to the arcade at yeah. Propeller yeah. and
3: it was great. Played a lot of pinball. One of my favorite places in the city. So if anybody is listening to this and they have a plan to come to Halifax at any time, Propeller Arcade in the basement of the Propeller Brewery is uh the spot that like you just cannot miss it's uh it's 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 unlike anything else it's really cool uh ian who cr- uh, created it put a lot of work into it and uh yeah they just do a lot of really cool stuff
0: it's killer yeah it was super fun um before we dive into it i wanted to ask you so this is uh second time we're all watching movies together but mm-hmm. this time obviously we did it in person we watched all of our movies in person how was that in comparison to watching them individually on our own how was the experience of watching them together?
3: Much more fun yeah. to watch it with <laughs> friends, right? Yeah. Um, uh, although it, uh, you know, for purposes of like recording the podcast, one thing that I did notice is that when we did the first episode, I just watched them on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe my yeah. partner and watched it with me or whatever. But like, there was no, uh, there was no opportunity to kind of get the conversation rolling. Ahead yeah. of the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with, you know, I, I noticed like watching with you guys, it, it, you know, um, when we went to the movie theaters the other night and watched a movie, mm-hmm. we came out and we were talking about it. And I, in my head, I was going, we should probably Stop save <laughs> all this for the show. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's so hard not to, right? It's so Well, it's funny because
0: I felt like when
3: we came
0: out of that, <clears throat> the conversation was okay because it was very spoiler filled. Like yes, I felt like if right. we stuck in spoiler territory and just kind of stuck with some of those details, yeah, that we were, we were cool, we were fine. But I agree, yeah. it was very much like as soon as the movie was over, it was very difficult to not want to just launch into yeah, totally, yeah, Keep diving into this.
1: We do this a lot together. Rolfson will be like, oh, maybe I'm gonna save it, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm not gonna say it, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> that happens with uh, me and the guys for Sick Boy a lot too. Oh really? Yeah, like we'll hear a news story, we're mm. all hear a news story. I'm like, and I'll bring it up to the guys, and then. As it's leaving my mouth, I'm going, you know what? Actually, never mind. Let's talk about it on Friday. Like, let's not yeah. dive into this right now because I, the, recording it is more important than hearing what you nincompoops have to say right now about it. I think that that's a very podcaster specific
0: Totally. Thing. Yeah.
2: yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess there was uh, the first time we did this, like having... We didn't even know until we'd recorded if you'd seen Patterson. Right, right. right. Or if you'd seen Lahain or whatever, right? And so... Yeah. Like, that was fun to not Mm -hmm. know any of that. And this time, we kind of were talking about it ahead of time as we were watching that kind of
3: thing. Yes, right, right. Yeah, like, you found out on the day of the recording, as opposed to finding out the night of watching it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I think a big thing that was, like, also a big mystery
0: is would we be movie-watching compatible? Like... Oh, yeah, right, (laughs) right. right. Uh, Because some people watch movies a very certain way. And actually, I felt like the way we watched movies together kind of evolved, because we were... I think we're all very respectful of our movie watching yeah, styles, yeah. but like we also, like the last movie we watched Ooh. last night, like we were very chatty throughout it, sure. but like it was like
3: really fun and yeah. we were all into it. So that's, that's that, that is funny that you say that because I had a thought about that. I, I'm 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 very, I'm very easy with watching movies. Like if so, if I'm watching a movie with someone and that person is like completely silent throughout the whole movie and just fully mm-hmm. watching, I'm there. I'm I'll join yeah. you there. Mm-hmm. If I'm watching a movie with someone and they you know, something happens in the film and they're like, that reminds me of this thing. Like, you know, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll have like a little banter. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to be just like chatting throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But like there's little things where like I'm cool to talk. And so I I think I waited until when we were watching <laughs> the first movie, I think like you guys sort of made a couple like comments and I was like, okay, sweet. We can we can talk. <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm allowed to speak. Because <laughs> uh, of course there's nothing worse than like watching a movie with someone and being that person that's, like, disruptive to yeah. them, you mm-hmm. know?
1: We were all very quiet at the theater, though. Yes. Like, as soon as the trailers yeah. were done, like, our little group of six was,
3: like... Hard
0: crazy. not to be with that movie, you know? Ah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've danced around it. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about the stuff Stop that we Stop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so, the first movie, the first mystery movie pick of the week was my pick. And we got together, and we watched the movie House from 1977. It is um yeah hell yeah so it was directed by and i'm totally gonna butcher (laughs) these names i apologize uh Nobuhiku obayashi and written by chiho katsura which was based on the story by chigumi obayashi uh it's starring kamiko igigami as the character gorgeous miki jinbo as kung fu kimiko oba as fantasy and yoko minimada as auntie the synopsis for this movie is a schoolgirl and six of her classmates travel to her aunt's country home which turns out to be haunted um so i picked this movie because i watched it about 10 years ago when i was in design school uh i saw like the iconic criterion collection cover of it come up as like an example for a few design projects and I was like this is, this is dope what is this Um, and then I watched the trailer and it just kind of melted my brain I'm like I want to go see this I saw it in the theater and it was, it was it was awesome I loved it so I knew that you Kylie hadn't seen it yet uh-huh. didn't know but I was hoping <clears throat> that Jeremy you hadn't seen it yet uh-huh. and I thought that this would be kind of a fun way like I volunteered to go first because I thought it'd be kind of a fun way to kick off the week so
3: how did you two feel? Or sorry, no. What did you think about House? I loved this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and this is actually, it's funny. It's a movie that I've uh, known about for uh, quite some time and had been meaning to watch it for a long time. And then it kind of like fell off my radar mm-hmm. and I completely forgot about it, which I think like a lot of us do sometimes where we think of a movie and we're like, well, yeah, we'll get around to it. And then you just kind of, it just doesn't really cross your 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 eyes again for a while and then you just kind of forget yeah. about it so as soon as the title card came up i was like almost out of my seat i was like yes oh my god i forgot i forgot about this movie and um i i loved it like i i thought the the movie was so fun um it was the editing was mm. really neat like mm-hmm. very 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 unique and unlike anything i think i've ever seen hmm And it was so weird, so campy, um, (laughs) like really, really silly. Um, And that's like, you know, when it comes to watching horror, I think there's two types of horror that I really love. Like horror that truly devastates me
2: Mm.
3: or horror that is extraordinarily fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those... um, you know one of those like classic horror movies from a bygone era where you know the budget is low the acting is horrific yeah. the writing is t- hilarious and like maybe not meant to be um or maybe meant to be mm-hmm. and 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 just such a fun time like it it you feel so okay with laughing at it yeah mm. Um, whereas, like, if you saw a movie today that had that kind of vibe, mm-hmm. I think you'd feel a little bad for laughing at it, you know. Yeah. Um, but you, there's like a joyousness in laughing at what you're watching, and and there was a lot of laugh. We shared a lot of laughs yeah, we during the movie. Of- yeah. It was great. Yeah. You're totally right. They don't, and probably <laughs> will not make movies like this today. No. Well, they do, but they just they just get buried like
2: yeah. they, like no
0: one's yeah.
3: signing up to watch that crap you know well and like i imagine this was buried as oh well.
0: for sure like yeah i'm sure not a lot of people saw this until it started getting more kind of revered as this like yes. cult classic kind
3: of yeah thing. and which is interesting you say that because like it makes me think of like more more movies in more recent memory that have kind of take on taken on that cult hit classic title or like or status that were so bad they were good. Like, mm-hmm. The Room is, like, a perfect yeah. example. Right. But, like, you don't feel bad for laughing at The Room because The Room is, like, this movie house is nowhere near as bad as The Room. Well, yeah, because,
1: like, in The Room, he's trying to make a good movie and it's a bad movie, whereas yes. I feel like everything about this that we're laughing at was done on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Right, like, yeah. it's meant to be like that.
0: Yeah. What do you think?
1: I thought it was like just straight up bonkers fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I like, you know, you when you saw it 10 or so years ago, I remember being like, that looks like something I wouldn't like. And so I never went. And then I kind of regretted it because you saw it in the theater and it was sold out and everybody had a good time. Um, so I've been wanting to watch it for Ooh. a really long time. And I really liked it. Um, I have a cool trivia
2: yeah, I have some trivia? I have some trivia stuff too. So. Yeah. Oh, so this is
1: probably yours, but just like following off what you guys were saying, that it um it wasn't really seen according to IMDb trivia, it wasn't really seen in North America until 2009 when it appeared in a DVD collection that was out like in the West, um, and then all of a sudden American audience members like were asking for it to be screened. In theaters, and cool. then it received that's this like cult so following. So long after, yeah. So two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. That's wow. According to IMDb trivia, because this I was nineteen
3: seventy seven. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years before my birth. That's that's uh, that's a long time ago. Yeah. 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 And
1: yet, like, not until we were all of age that it really became popular here, which makes sense. That would have been shortly after this that it was at Metro Cinema, and you got to see it, right?
0: Yeah. Because I wonder,
1: like, two thousand eleven.
0: Because <laughs> I wonder on the timing of that. If it went directly to Criterion
3: Collection, like shortly after
0: that?
1: That's a good question.
3: Um, yeah. Do you guys know what their criteria is to be a Criterion?
1: has to be like cutting edge. Like there has to be something mm. that it like adds to cinema, right. I believe.
3: I mean, for me, like when thinking about this movie, it, it as honestly within the first, I don't know, five minutes, I immediately was like, oh, I see why. I see why yeah. this is a oh, criterion yeah. collection. Like there, I was, I was saying that the editing was really interesting and, and it really was, I really mean that like, like fascinatingly interesting. Oh yeah. Doing these things that I've never seen in a movie done ever surprised that it isn't something that like has been, has like influenced other movies. Um, right, Like, yeah. like the, an example would be like, there's a moment when, um, when gorgeous, uh, sees a cat and the cat like the the framing is a is a wide shot but there's it's a very busy wide shot there's Mm -hmm. there's like a bunch of people on this on this train you could look at you know 70 different things at one time but gorgeous notices this little cat Mm -hmm. that happens to be on the train and what they do to like draw your focus Mm -hmm. to what she sees because there's no way that you would actually catch her making this realization because of the way that the shot is wide. There's so much in it. So they just take this like one little circle of, of like an extra camera shot and they place it, like they almost like magnify the cat in the scene. Mm -hmm. So your eyes are immediately drawn to this one little magnified piece of Mm. this, of the set. And it's just a moment it happens and then it goes away and you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, the cat. And it was like a really neat and that stuff was spattered oh, yeah, throughout this entire throughout thing. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I shared with you guys and I just looked it up to make sure I was right. Obayashi directed commercials before this. So this yeah. was his mm. first feature film. And I think that a lot of stuff you're talking about, like, it's very evident in the cuts, the transitions, the editing, and just like the pacing. Like it's yeah. very fast paced as we move from scene to scene to scene. And it's it felt very commercial like. Like it yeah. felt like it had a lot to say. And it wanted to do it very quickly. That
1: like campy commercial, like sense, Mentos right? commercials, yeah, yeah, like Skittles yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Geico and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what's that one Snapple or whatever yes, that you like? That yeah. commercial, like it had that kind of a mm-hmm. sentiment to it.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I think helped with the, which you know, this movie's very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, yeah. Uh, there was this air of excitement that the music even, too, though. Yes, yeah, yeah. and like.
1: These different music cues, like Kung Fu has her own music cue. So whenever it kicks in, you know that she's gonna like kick some ass. Yeah.
3: How good are the names, right? Like gorgeous, kung Kung fu. Fu. Fantasy. Yeah. Mac. Mac. Pat Mac. (laughs) Just
1: loves to eat.
0: (laughs) So great. But like it's interesting. This movie, like, it's so it has a lot of fun into it in it, but I feel like it actually. As some haunting visuals. Yes. Oh yeah. As oh, well. yeah. Like some very creepy shit. Mm-hmm. And I want to share too. So I guess apparently the script was partly inspired by Obayashi's then 12 year old daughter, um, who Ooh. told him that she had a fear where the mirror that she would use would eat her. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and hearing that, I'm like, that makes sense. Like yeah. I, I can
3: see how That's that would the be seed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'd be the inspiration for yeah. this. I I don't <clears throat> I I when it comes to like horror. Um, uh, haunted house movies, c- kind of like pretty low on my to- on the total. Really? Oh, right they're out. like, yeah, I'm not like yeah. I'm not a super fan of like haunted houses. Um, but this, I think this might have like sparked a bit more of an interest for me nice. for, mm. for haunted like hauntings. It was really cool. Have you seen
0: Haunting of Hill House on Netflix? Loved it. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like I feel like
3: that's kind of like
0: pinnacle for me. Like that just like nailed nailed it perfectly mm-hmm. the ending's a little bit like okay but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i digress um but I, I also wanted to address something you brought up jeremy of just like mentioning how like there is like shitty acting throughout and i guess yeah. n- none of them were actresses except the auntie everyone else was untrained
3: that makes sense to me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah that makes sense the auntie was good she,
2: she was she, really she had good some chops yeah, yeah.
1: but then that who was really good you.
3: was the was the mother-in-law Oh man, <laughs> ma'am we need
1: you to Best. stand in front of the fan and oh, wear this scarf please <laughs> oh my god but i think that that like that dichotomy between the actual skill in acting from the aunt and Ooh. then that like amateur acting from everybody else like adds to it yeah right there's just this um tension between her her as a figure and everybody else yeah we see through the acting which is pretty cool
3: i think that i I think even today in modern times like that can be used as a as a filmmaking tool to Mm. to really like add to your like for example um uh the wire um is a great example there where like the wire is a lot of a lot of the cast are top tier incredible Mm -hmm. actors Mm -hmm. but then there's a lot of people that are cast in that show that were just like people that were from Baltimore that grew up in the streets that were like very real to what it was that they were trying to create. Right. And they add this they add this like whole other dimension um, to to the film. I think I I also feel like Euphoria has done that perhaps like there's one guy. You watch Euphoria? I haven't, oh. but I've seen I've seen clips of this one guy that like he's like the stoner yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I've yeah. seen interviews with him that, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh my yeah. god, it, that makes me want to watch. Yeah, it the
1: A twenty four podcast with him and the guy from <laughs> Simon Red Rocket. Rex? Yeah, yeah, Simon Rex is yeah. bonkers. I'll have to listen. <laughs> it's I'll have bonkers. bonkers.
2: Yeah. It's very good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I found out, you guys, um, what makes a Criterion movie. Oh, cool! Nice. So this is from their website uh, FAQ. We try not to be restrictive or snobby about what kinds of films are appropriate. An auteur classic, a Hollywood blockbuster, and an independent B-horror film all have to be taken on their own terms. All we ask is that each film in the collection be it, an exemplary film of its kind.
3: Oh, Cool.
0: Yeah. I like that. So exemplary
1: yeah. for what it is. Yeah. Neat. Which is really yeah. cool.
0: That's it's so interesting because obviously that's just evolved over time because like at one point Armageddon was in the Criterion Collection. The Rock was.
1: Well, yeah. And that's, wouldn't you say those films are exemplary for what they yeah, are? Yeah. That
0: makes sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. They, Wait, hey, did they Armageddon get booted? Yeah, you can't get you it can, anymore. You can it's get like,
1: booted out of the Criterion Collection?
0: I, I think like you still exist. Like, you, you still have exist. a spine number, but yeah. you, you can't but that be anymore. that spine cannot be purchased. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Interesting. So
1: we all got to hunt for that Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> Find yeah. it in the bargain bins. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I I had a lot
3: of fun with this movie.
0: I thought it was really great. I was glad I got to experience it with the two of you. How to make you feel. Start with you, Jeremy
3: uh it made me feel like the equivalent of how it feels when you spontaneously find yourself at like a a shady carnival in like a <laughs> town that you're not familiar That's with. That's happened yeah. to you. Yeah, totally. Like like have you, have you you've, you've never no. been like on a road trip and you just see a sort of like 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 roadside attraction that you're kind of like, "Oh, let's let's stop of and movie check this out i know totally <laughs> yeah um but like yeah it just felt like i was i it felt like i was in a mm. like an old school carnival with like you know those those random like wacky mirror houses and stuff like that like it was just very um very enjoy like unsettling but a, a, but but so much enjoyment from the un, like unsettled feeling mm-hmm. yeah yeah how about you kylie
1: I was just like agog. Like I feel like I had like my mouth was like open most of the time, being like, "Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, and I just had so much fun. Like it was just a total ride, and I will definitely watch it again.
0: Yeah, uh, I echo both uh, both of you. Yeah, I I, I love this movie. I w- I was so glad to watch it again It just kind of reaffirmed that love that I have for it. And I totally want to add it to the list of Criterion movies that I want to buy. So, yeah, right, Jeremy.
3: All right. All right. Uh, I was... It's funny. When you when you brought uh, your film to the table, Elliot, uh, I was kind of like toying with the idea of a couple of films. Mm-hmm. And House being a Japanese film uh, was kind of perfect because the movies that I was tossing up uh, all happened to be Japanese as well. Um, and I was going to pick The Audition, which I haven't seen oh. yet.
1: Mm-hmm. we've both seen it. But you
3: and I know you both had. Okay. I found out that you both had the night we watched House. And so when I when I made the realization that you guys had seen mm. it, I was like, okay, the other movie that I had in my pocket, which I have seen maybe like 7 times, I had a very strong feeling that you guys had not. And the reason that I had that feeling that you had not was because <clears throat> the conversation of anime came into play. <laughs> and, and what I gathered was like that you guys uh, not aren't, aren't fans of anime, but like you don't really have a, a big repertoire of no. anime mm-hmm. in, in past history. So <clears throat> I was like, okay, well, I don't want to watch a movie that you guys haven't seen. I'd rather try to find a movie that you hadn't. Yeah. And I decided to go with um, one of the most influential anime films of all time, Not only one of the most influential anime movies of all time, but one of the most influential sci-fi films Mm. of all time. Akira. Uh, Akira is a... uh, I believe it was 1988. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a cyberpunk post-apocalyptic political thriller based on the manga by the same name. Directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, who uh, also was the writer of the manga. Uh, and it was, uh, the film was written by uh, Katsushiro Otomo and Izo Hashimoto. Um, <clears throat> and we watched the uh, English dubbed version, uh, the, the more recent English dubbed version that was dubbed uh, in the 2000s, uh, star- starring the voice of Johnny Young Bosch as Kaneda, uh, Joshua Seth as Tetsuo, and Wendy Lee as Kay. And the, uh, the synopsis here is a secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by a teenager, his gang of biker friends, and a group of psychics known as ESPs. So, with that, uh, <laughs> what did you guys think? Um, well, first, like...
0: I'm. Cu- it is curious of why both of us were both leaning towards Japanese films as like yeah the film that we for sure wanted to show each other. Um. So yeah, the only thing I knew about Akira was the iconic bike that comes from it. Yes, like I've seen that pop up in pop culture for many years, but I have wanted to see it. It is on my list. So like my immediate reaction was that like okay, I thought that this was cool. I, I didn't know what to expect. But I had to sit with it for a while. Like m- my immediate reaction wasn't like, "Oh, this is this is totally incredible." Like I kind of had to take a little bit of time to internalize it a little bit. Um, but where I netted out was that it was pretty great. That's so, sweet. <laughs> <all right. laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, and like seeing, <laughs> well, like you kind of telling us Jeremy that it kind of paved the way for future anime and the like the approach to art style and how these things are executed like you totally see like I made the comparison to uh, Batman the animated series like I saw a lot of that and coming out in 1998 or 1988 uh, the animated series came out only a few years later so you could kind of already see some of that uh, influence being drawn so that was that was really cool I was curious though I wanted to ask you so it's in Japanese, but. You know we wanted to you you wanted to show it to us dubbed without subtitles. I'm just curious why that was the way you wanted us to experience the movie.
3: Uh, two reasons because I've seen both variations mm-hmm. um, and I've seen both variations with both du- both English dubs. so theres mm-hmm. there was two uh, English dubs. one was dubbed in uh, the early '90s and then the other one was dubbed in uh, in the 2000s. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the earlier dub isn't great um the newer one was much much better um and I, what i got you know when we, <clears throat> when we had the conversation about anime and, and i picked up that you guys hadn't really watched a lot of anime
2: mm-hmm.
3: i i had a little bit of a concern that by watching the uh the original um language with the subtitles mm-hmm. might be something that would like maybe put you off of it a little bit so i i was kind of like how could I, because this movie is, um, for people who haven't watched it before, this movie is, it's a challenging movie to yeah. watch for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, the story is, is a little bit convoluted. It, 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 it comes from a manga that's over 2000 pages long yeah. and they condense the movie down to probably the equivalent of a thousand pages of what the manga actually is. Yeah. So, um, so I figured the English dub would be just a little bit more approachable. Um, at least I had hoped. And, uh, so that it, it sort of, you're able to kind of focus more on the story rather than having to like sp- divide your attention between mm. the visuals and the and the text. Mm. Yeah,
1: you know, so we do typically, we don't typically watch things dubbed.
3: Yeah, ne- neither do I. But yeah. we,
1: we've talked like a lot on the show about how I'm not a visual person. Like I, re- it's not that I don't like visual things, but I struggle. It's not a not something i immediately get like Mm. i sometimes need to be like like i think i leaned over to you jeremy at one point i was like have we met this character before and you were like we haven't and i'm like okay yeah like i just um sometimes can't get those things now sometimes then subtitles help me because they'll have the character names Mm. and i can follow that better but i do think in this case like my immediate thought of like what did i think of this movie is there was so much going on yes like visually Mm -hmm. and story-wise and like thematically as well there's so much going on and so in this case I think you're (laughs) probably right that for me looking at the subtitles and being someone who's drawn to words more than I am to visuals I probably would have latched onto that and kind of let everything else fall away and then I don't know that I would have gotten the full impact of like the visual experience yeah so good choice yeah that was (laughs) the
3: reason yeah um what did you think about it
1: I would I would say the same thing I so when I see a movie like this or a movie, we were just talking about this last night, I think, like a David Lynch or something like that, where I come away and I'm like, huh? What? What?
2: <laughs>
1: I, I just immediately go to read and I read yes. and I read and I yes. read. So I did that after after we watched this where I read just like a ton of stuff on this. Cool. The first thing I got is that almost everyone, even if they love anime, needs to watch this a handful of times before they really get it. That's right. Which made me feel better. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm okay. <laughs> I did. I did all right. Um, and then like just hearing how influential it was and all of those things and kind of getting a sense of what it's about. And you did that first too. When the movie was done, you're kind of like, okay, here's what happened." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now I thought it was gorgeous. Like yeah. I did. I was able to kind of just take that in. But for me, I was, and it's m- close to the end of the film. What really I was drawn to and would make me revisit it is this question of like what we do with the power we have. Yeah. Is really compelling, right? Mm-hmm. Like this movie makes an argument that we all have power within us, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: like this really intense power that we can't necessarily access, but it's there. And when we finally are able to access it, we have choices about what we're going to do with it. Yeah. And I really, I mean, it's a very Macbeth, right, kind of argument. Like, what do you do with power and ambition? Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked. I was really like gripped in that story. Now, when it kind of like ping-ponged in other directions, it, I, I it did lose me sometimes. Yeah. But every time it kind of came back to that idea of like, what do we do with the power we're given? I was pretty uh, yeah. engaged.
3: Yeah. This. Um, so. So again, I've seen this, but that that might have been like the seventh time I've watched mm-hmm. it, somewhere around there. And uh, this, the first time I saw this movie was ages ago, um, and I had never really watched any anime. Uh, I'd never read any manga, mm-hmm. and this was the movie that twofold that 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 made me really fall in love with sci-fi and it was also the movie that like sparked my interest in anime and manga Mm -hmm. uh, comics
1: what is it about it
3: It, the visuals for me are just like astounding like Mm -hmm. the artwork in this movie is so so jaw-droppingly beautiful and 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 like disturbing visceral visceral yeah like Mm -hmm. the
1: violence in it is actually Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. doesn't always hit for me in animation and we start with violence yeah right and i was just like oh like there's a couple times where i like felt my body kind of turn inward a little bit and it's very rare that an anime animation does that to me so very successful yeah
3: yeah and that's and like that's something that i that's like the dragon that i'm constantly chasing in Mm. film you know whenever I'm watching a movie um, and, and this actually this happened with the, the third movie that we're going to talk about there was a moment in that movie where where it like it kicked into high gear and I was like yes now I'm disturbed or now mm. I'm feeling like it's in it's, it's gotten it's embedded into my skin mm-hmm. um, and you know for me uh, without like giving details to what the actual scene is there's a scene that takes place in a hallway in Akira um, where Tetsuo is approached by some like uh, some staff and something um, happens um, and it is one of you know if they ever do turn this movie into a live action i'm going to be showing up for that scene specifically mm. like that it is just jaw-droppingly disturbing um uh and also if you you know if you're not a fan of um anime and you're not like really super drawn to uh to sci-fi or like you know you're indifferent to it if you're a fan of psychological horror, mm. this movie is going to be right up your alley. Oh, if you're yeah. into body horror, this movie is Yeah, there's really, a lot of goopy things. Oh yeah, <laughs> very goopy. Yeah, especially near the end, you know, there's a lot of really weird body horror stuff going that, on.
1: That there's like there's a sequence I'm going to say probably about in the middle of the film where like I f- feel like what um is seeing is not always necessarily there. Yeah. And it got real creepy, real yeah. nightmarish, yeah. real goopy.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was like yeah.
1: really into it but also like pretty grossed yeah. out which yeah. was awesome.
3: So what he was seeing was indeed there. Okay. It and and that was the act of the ESPs.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yes.
3: And uh it could be because they have this ability. The ESPs uh are it's it's ESP like um what does ESP stand for? It's like the um,
1: extrasensory perception
3: yeah i think yeah exactly that uh, uh extrasensory perception you know <laughs> ah, yeah.
1: nice
3: uh also called the sixth sense is a claim paranormal activity pertaining to reception of information not gained through the recognized physical sense um so yeah so so th- there's there is there there's a there's a lot of elements of like of horror kind of sprinkled throughout this film that mm-hmm. that again just like really spoke to me the other thing that this movie um that I love about this movie is the score. Like the score mm-hmm. of this film is, is epic. Mm-hmm. It, it is like, it's up there with, with, you know, um, any of those movies where you're watching it and you just feel like you are being like accosted mm-hmm. by the sound that's mm-hmm. coming from the, the speakers. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of little tidbits about this film that I'd like to share with you that that might like hopefully will put into context again like the reason why I showed you this because i I feel like if you're going to maybe one day be in, in inspired to like dive into a lot more anime mm-hmm. showing you the film that did that for the west mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. was the reason why I wanted to do that so uh, the movie was incredibly expensive, one of the most expensive animes ever created um at that time it cost uh, 1.1 billion yen which at the time oh. at 1998 is was 10 million dollars 10 million dollars in 1998 i don't know it's probably like somewhere like 200 billion dollars today
0: do you know if <laughs> it premiered like did it have a proper premiere in north america no not at all like not- is this
1: like house where it took a while to get here
3: it took a little while to get here but but not not that long okay. but it was so prior to this movie no one in north america was watching any anime
1: this is like pre pokemon dragon ball z sailor moon
3: the reason anybody watched any of those shows is because of akira akira I did like moon. was the thing that that brought anime to the west wow. um, the after it it started to gain a cult following through a, a, through um, a limited theater and vhs release of the film in uh, North America, a little bit after it was released mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it ended up earning over $80 million worldwide in home wow. video sales. Wow. No. Um, it was, it's so, it, 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 you know, no matter where you go and read about this movie, it is widely regarded by critics as one of the greatest films ever made in animation, um, in action, in sci fi. Um, <clears throat> and it's like the landmark Japanese animation. Mm. Um, and it's had. Crazy, wild, significant impacts on popular culture, like worldwide. So, um, again, like I said, it brought anime to the West, um, and has like influenced numerous works in animation, comics, film, music, television, video games, Hollywood. Um, well, it feels like
1: you don't get the Matrix without this.
3: It, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I actually have a list of some of the things that were, um, that were, that were inspired by, um, this film, um. The list of inspiration is uh, Kira has been claimed as major influences on Hollywood films such as The Matrix, Dark City, Kill Bill, Mm. Chronicle, Looper, The Dark Knight, Midnight Special, Inception, Godzilla, and Spider-Man Into the uh, Spider-Verse. Uh, The stage name of the pornographic actress Asia uh, Asia Akira also comes from Akira. (laughs) Uh, The music video for the Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson song Scream in 1995 Mm -hmm. features clips from Akira. Mm -hmm. Kanye West cited Akira as a major influence on his work, and he Mm -hmm. paid homage to the film uh, uh, in the Stronger music video. Lupe Fiasco's album Tetsuo and Youth Mm -hmm. is named after Tetsuo Shima. Uh the popular bike in the film that you mentioned earlier, uh, Kaneda's motorbike, it appears in Steven Spielberg's film, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that bike actually um has a very uh has played a, a big role in it has gotten a lot of nods in many films. So it's called the Akira slide. It's a very iconic scene in the movie where mm-hmm. uh, um where Kaneda is on his bike <clears throat> and he does this sort of like like horizontal slide on his bike that like goes a good, you know, 50 feet. And while he's like looking right down the barrel of the camera, uh, the Akira slide, uh, refers to the scene where he, he slides with his motorbike, um, uh, bringing his bike to a halt while the bike gives off a trail of smoke and electric sparks caused by the slide. It's regarded as one of the most iconic anime scenes in of all time, Mm -hmm. widely, uh, imitated and referenced in many works of animation, film and television. The Akira slide appears in many uh, dozens of animated works, including Batman the Animated Series, You're Under Arrest, Gargoyles, Air Master, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Super Robot Monkey Team, Hyperforce Go, uh, Teen Titans, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Yu Gi Oh!, Pokemon, um, Adventure Time, Marvel Spider Man, and among others. Uh, several live action films have also paid homage to the Akira slide. Notably, X Men Origins Wolverine, mm. um, but also another uh, another uh, <laughs> homage, which maybe we'll hear about later in the uh, in the episode today. Um, and uh, and just to talk a little bit about like this movie, um, and it's it, 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 how it's still kind of still kind of hovering around Hollywood. So so the live action of this movie um has never been made yet. Um but since 2002 Warner Bros uh, acquired the rights to create the live action remake of Akira and uh with a seven figure deal and the live action remake has undergone it it's been in like production hell. Um and it's been tried to be produced at least five different times with like you know five different directors, 10 different writers um but in 2000 uh, including Jordan Peele he was offered um and denied it. Um, but in 2017, director Taika Waititi was named as the film's director oh, for wow. the live action. Interesting. Um, and they had filmed the they had scheduled the film to, for release in May of 2021, and filming was planned to start in July of 2019. But Warner Bros. put the work on indefinite hold just prior to filling, filming. Filming uh, Waititi had chosen to first direct Thor: Thunder of Love and the sequel Thor: Ragnarok, which he also directed. So. They they kind of put a hold on it, um, but
1: he's still attached
3: as of today. Yes. How do you
1: how do you feel how do you feel about what TD is the one doing it?
3: Well, here is the thing. You know, you are looking at an animation that was made in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. for ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, an animation that like that w- the whole thing is hand drawn. Every single thing is hand drawn. They they had um, they had created. 50 colors exclusively to help create the night scenes in this film. Like mm-hmm. the, like the, the lengths that they went to make this animation, what it was. I think if they're going to do this in a live action, it's going to be a huge endeavor. Oh, and th- yeah, like, but, but I don't think it's impossible.
1: Nope. I, I think
3: th- it, I think it could be unbelievably well done. It's like Dune, you know, you look at Dune yeah. and um, you know, Villeneuve had a huge, feet ahead of him oh yeah and personally i think it could not have been better
1: it's gorgeous he nailed it yeah
3: like i just feel like i don't know i i mean i don't have a lot of skin in the
0: game as far as akira goes but i just feel like it has turned into something that is so beloved to many fans and if you're making a live <clears throat> action movie about it what do you pull from like do mm. you, are you just trying to are you just trying you to create it? Are you just trying to make the live action Lion King version of Akira or are you pulling on the huge uh, story told through the manga mm. and you're trying to tell kind of the a different or an extended uh, story mm-hmm. of Akira?
1: I feel like yeah. it would be interesting like, you know, we've seen almost everything Taika Waititi's done, like yeah. film and TV and his tone applied to this content i don't know yeah i it, don't know it
3: would be interesting to see what because i didn't would do with find it.
1: akira very funny Mm-mm. like not not even not, not even, a lick not funny. even a
3: little bit no not even a little bit you know but but also it's like you know i could see jordan peele yeah doing a great job yeah I, when you look at the the grandiose nature of a lot yes. of uh taika's films like the the capability is there totally right so if the script if the script works and, yeah. and he's bringing in those, you know, that, that ability to, to make it happen. I think, I think he, I think he probably could do it. Um, Visually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like in terms of scale, I wonder what his, and it would be, his voice would be like, it would it. be
3: fun to see Taika do a Taika film Waiti's. that yeah. isn't funny, you know, like yeah. to see him try his hand. Yeah. At maybe he's ready to do that. Or horror-esque or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be very cool. Um, how did the movie make you guys feel it like i had this sense of being like
0: overwhelmed Mm -hmm. like it was it was a lot on screen it was a lot that was being thrown at us but those feelings kind of evolved into just kind of enjoyment and just kind of in awe of what they were able to achieve with this movie Mm. and i think that i I want to re-watch this sometime yeah um and delve into it and then yeah if they I kind of hope if they do a live action one, they probably won't, but it'd be, I think it'd be cool if they did it in Japanese and like, yeah, mm. and have that be the, the language that's spoken in it, but it's totally like a Western movie. Yeah, I liked it.
1: Um, I was also a little overwhelmed, I wrote, and like my brain felt scrambled, but I was just mostly really impressed. Yeah. Um, I did. I could not get out of my brain, and I'm curious if either of you feel this way. That the Espies, thats what they're called—look yeah, yeah. like um, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice when they get withered. Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I'll, I just yeah. could be like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. um, which just kept, that centered me yeah. during the during the watching of the film. But I was really impressed yeah.
3: with it. Yeah, I uh, this movie just even after watching it so many times, it still does this like incredible job of of just disturbing the absolute hell out of me, mm. and. Um, and I love that. Like, I, that's what I, that is, that's one of my favorite things to experience in watching a film. Um, you know, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not a big like rom com guy. Like, and that, and for that reason, like, I, I want to be, I want to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. when I watch film. And this did a really great job of doing that. Um, and there's also something that I, I really appreciate about, you know, the, the history of that film tied into, I, I, am I'm fascinated by Japan, Japan. Like I, I've, if I could go anywhere in the world at the snap of my fingers, it would be Japan. And there's a, there's, there's something about uh, this movie in, in the period of time that it came out and the, the sort of nods to Tokyo and Japan and where they were coming from after the, after world war two Um, And, you know, a lot of like links to, you know, this movie takes the movie takes place in Neo Tokyo Mm -hmm. 30 years after essentially a nuke goes off in the center of Tokyo Um, and they finally rebuilt themselves back up and and the city is booming and there's all this political tension Um, and this movie was made pretty much 30 years out from uh, when the US dropped a nuke. On, to, on Japan and yep. you know it took them those thirty years to build back up and finally begin thriving um and like economically mm-hmm. and so um movies movies that that are so deeply inspired
2: mm-hmm.
3: by real world trauma are are also something that i that that again like kind of ties into that discomfort that mm-hmm. feeling of discomfort that mm-hmm. I really enjoy mm-hmm. which is You know, that was one of the, that was one of the things that when COVID hit, one of the very first things I thought was, well, I can't wait to see what this will do for storytelling. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. 20 years down the road. Oh yeah. And uh, we're already seeing it today. Like you look at inside as a great example, like that is just a piece of art that is meant to make you feel a very broad range of feelings, including discomfort. And Mm -hmm. it is just astounding. And so uh, that's, that's where this movie kind of sits for me and how it makes me feel.
1: Speaking of disturbing.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, very (laughs) excited to talk about this next movie. So
0: we gathered up a bunch of new friends and we went and saw the movie Nope. Uh, It came out in 2022. It was directed and written by Jordan Peele. Uh, Stars Daniel Kaluuya as O.J. Haywood. Kiki Palmer as Emerald Haywood. Brenda Pereira as Angel Tor Or as... Branda Pereira. Pereira. Sorry butchered that angel torres (laughs) and Stephen young as ricky jupe park uh the synopsis the residents of a lonely gulch in inland california bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery um so we were very excited for this movie and it's it's kind of funny because when we initially reached out to you jeremy for a little bit of help just to get our podcast up and going just like looking for some advice and stuff and we had had a couple conversations with you and chatted and then I remember we were chatting and we were getting to the end of a conversation. I'm like, hey, you know what? We're heading out to Halifax this summer. We're taking a trip. And I was—I just kind of dropped that. Like, while we're there, we should go see Nope together because it comes out the week they were going. And you were eating ramen at the time and you got so excited. I thought you were going to choke on your ramen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think I spilled it on my
0: white shirt. <laughs>
1: You're just so excited yeah. about Sweet And Suikyo. ramen
3: doesn't come out of white, let me tell you. So <laughs>
0: We
1: fucked up that shirt for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Tossed it. Uh so I was so happy that everything worked out. And yeah. We, and we got to see it together and get together with a bunch of people to go see it. We saw it in IMAX, which was yeah. the I think the right way to see oh, it. Yeah. It was incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um And that was
1: none of our doing.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, our, our our new friend Rich uh, picked up the tickets
3: and we found out. In got
0: very, him an IMAX. It's sick. All and right. the
1: perfect spot in the theater too.
3: Yeah. Oh, Rich knows. Rich knows how to do oh, it. Oh,
1: yeah. He told me like right before the movie starts, he's like, I got these a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's like, so, yeah, you did.
3: Rich is so interesting. Like, like the amount of times that I've spoken to Rich about a movie coming out and he's like, He's like, do you want me to get tickets? And I'm like, Rich, that movie doesn't come out for like months. He's like, I know, but I know exactly when they go on sale. And I was like, (laughs) okay, yeah. Like he's, he's on it. He's a great, um, he's a great movie friend. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a great person
0: to watch a movie with. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but in terms of the, the film itself, we, I could, I think I could say collectively, we all love Jordan Peele's approach to horror and how Mm -hmm. he does it. Um, we're all fans of get out and us, um, I don't know if you've seen it Jeremy but we really like the Twilight Zone reboot that yep. he's done. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's do, he, did, he did a great job with that. Haven't seen it all yet, but it's it's very good. Um but yeah. What did you guys think of Nope? Kylie, let's let's start with you.
1: It was just so fun yeah. and engaging. Like I don't know that I've seen a movie in the theater in a while. Like that that wasn't coming from like, so not talking about everything everywhere all at once or saw the show, with shoes on, where it's coming from like a deep emotional place. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen a movie in the theater in a while that had me so glued to it in terms of like what is going to happen next. Like mm-hmm. I was just Ooh. totally here for the whole thing. But one of the things that, you know, as somebody who isn't a visual person, I was actually so like arrested by the visuals in this. Oh my god. Like, yeah. Get out has some beautiful imagery, like this sunken place, is that what it's called? Yeah. Like that that's gonna live on in like the history of cinema forever. Um and us has some great imagery, but this I felt like was the most consistently gorgeous yeah. cinematography that we've seen from him. Yeah. Mm. Holy moly.
0: It was huge. Like this is all this is the biggest, <laughs> largest scale thing that he's ever yeah. done, I would say. Yep. And he just totally embraces it and yeah. nails it like if this movie
3: feels huge and not yeah. just cuz we saw it in IMAX.
1: Totally. Jeremy, what would you think?
3: Uh so I mean kind of same kind of sentiment. Uh I think Jordan Peele is such a gift to uh to the film industry mm. um because I, th- I I might have told you guys about it. There's this really 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 spectacular podcast. It's a short series. I think there's like five episodes, and it's called the Scary Scary yes, Cats Horror, I listened horror to Show. It, yeah, yeah, on your recommendation. Wonderful wonderful podcast. And the idea of that podcast, um, in a nutshell, is that it is it's two friends. One is a horror fanatic. The other one is so terrified of the idea of horror, he'll never watch it at all. But mm-hmm. Get Out comes out, and it, it becomes this like pop culture sensation Mm -hmm. in the zeitgeist and the friend who's afraid of horror feels like massive FOMO because he wants to be able to see this movie that is like so important to film um, that he's hearing so much about, but he's just, he doesn't really have the, the nerves to like build up to watch this horror movie. And so his friend who's the horror fanatic puts together uh, four or five, four movies for him to watch or five movies for him to watch to prep him for watching get out. And uh, and the the movie selection that he chooses is like just <laughs> ghastly. Like it it is they're far scarier than yeah they're yeah, are, yeah. yeah they're arguably <laughs> worse than get out. They start, start with, Nightmare with L- the Street? the exorcist or the exorcist. Yeah. that's
1: scary. Shit. <clears throat> totally
3: scary. And and so but 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 I think it was smart because yeah. it's like I'll scare the absolute living crap out of you. Yeah. And then when you get to get out, it's gonna be no it's big deal. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing. This is why I love Jordan Peele so much. He is creating horror that is more approachable than yes. any piece of horror that's ever been made. Yes. But it is horror. But it is horror. Yes. So like anyone, anyone can come into yeah. one of his films and find this brand new appreciation for horror if they've never been into it. Mm-hmm. It's horror that is fun. There is comedy throughout. And to do comedy and horror and do it well is like, that's so rare. He's nailed the balance. Mm. He's nailed mm. it. Really well. You know, I think someone else who does it really well is um, is Air, uh, Ari Aster. Oh like, yeah, like, uh, Hereditary, not so funny, but uh, midsomar. I mean, truly, like there's some really funny scenes yeah. in there. Oh yeah. Um, I think his next movie is actually going to be a comedy, which is a bit of bit sad.
1: Disappointment Boulevard.
3: Uh, yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be a comedy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that which. I mean, hey, it's probably going to be great. Yeah. I I just, I want to see more horror from it. I agree. Yeah. But, but that's like, that's why I love this movie so much is that it is, it is horror that like anyone can go to and they're going to have fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, there are still scenes in this movie that are really hard like Mm -hmm. like really really disturbing which Mm -hmm. I loved I loved like the opening scene of this movie was like yeah like I again and and again like I I went into this movie without watching any trailers I saw the teaser once and I was like nothing else Mm -hmm. and uh and I'm so glad I did because Mm -hmm. the movie took me on a journey that I was not expecting at all and that first scene set it off because I was like wait what yeah. Like, yeah, this has nothing this? to do with what I this thought. This has nothing to do with anything I've seen or heard. And uh and it really like that scene kind of uh comes back and uh throughout the movie every once yeah. in a while, and it gets more disturbing and more disturbing the further you go on. And it yeah. was a great narrative tool to kind of set the overall tone of like what that this movie was trying to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know the movie. I, I without spoiling anything, I think the movie's like main theme is like exploitation, mm-hmm. and and they he nailed it. Like he absolutely nailed it. It's yeah. uh, it's it's such an incredible movie.
1: Well, that was so. That was something about. Sorry, Elliot, you haven't gotten to talk at all yet. But we'll <laughs> let you. We'll let you in a bit. No, that's good. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. That's cool. Um. So when we saw Get Out, we saw it in the theater with. Did we see that with Laurie and Ariana? I think we did with two of our friends who they have a, a podcast called queer horror cult where they Ooh. just look at horror movies from like a queer lens Cool, um, and they're awesome and so the four of us saw it together and it blew me away but I also felt like the allegory was super clear and I got it like Ooh. when the movie was done I understood it and then we went and saw us we were on a trip to Montreal and we went and saw it and I was so stoked I was so ready and I remember leaving and being like I don't get it
2: Ooh.
1: I don't I feel dumb I feel confused, and then I read a bunch about it. and I'm like, okay, it's smart, but like, I I wasn't able to put those pieces together. Now, what I like about Nope is I feel like he found this balance between yeah. a, just a film that can exist for film's sake. If you don't want to look for the allegory, you don't have to. It's yeah. a fucking fun movie. Yeah, it's really fun
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and freaky, and you know, it's just it's awesome. But there's imagery and themes that can be seen in the socio political way but I also think can be seen really personally. Yeah, Like with Get Out, that's not my story to feel anything about yeah. as a white person. Mm-hmm. That's not my allegory to, to feel connected to. This one felt like you could connect to it no matter who you are Yeah, in a way that you want to. Um, and it also just left me feeling like I'm allowed to have my own interpretation of this and that's okay. I yeah. don't need to get this like stamp of exactly what Jordan Peele wanted to say. And with us, I felt like, I didn't get what he wanted to say and I felt dumb because of it. Yeah. I didn't feel that way with this one. I felt like I I think I've got an understanding of it and that's okay if it's not everybody else's.
2: Mm-hmm. What,
1: do you, what do you guys think in terms of like the three films? Does that resonate for you?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like this is probably his most, I don't know if this is the right word, but it feels like the most accessible for a broader audience to what you're yeah. saying. Um cuz yeah i i totally got that like it could totally be taken as just kind of like this popcorn blockbuster movie that's just Which like a really crazy. easy watch and it, it's super fun to to just kind of look at it through that lens but i think that if you are if, if you're like me and how I watch it, like I'm trying to like kind of parse things out and figure out like what the deeper meanings are or and, like what kind of different symbolism there is and whatnot.
1: Which like makes me think, it, Super Troopers is the one you picked last time, Jeremy, right? Is that what Star, it's troopers. Star troopers, yeah. Wow. Super Troopers what, what would is- have been hilarious.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Star Troopers, yeah. Starship, <laughs> Starship Troopers, yeah. Starship Troopers, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. wow.
1: Yeah. I really nailed that. But like <laughs> what we talked about with that, which was you can read it one way. Yes. And you did as a child. Yes. Um, Or you can read it another way. Mm -hmm. right um in a very different way totally (laughs) i had a a colleague who might be listening so i won't name his name who like came up to me several times after that episode aired and was like i don't know i think you're reading too much into this and i was like sure yep like that's fine and then like a week later coming back and be like i've been thinking about it and i don't think that's what the film was about
2: yeah yeah, yeah, and i'm like
1: okay (laughs) and then finally i think it was the third time of like him coming in and being like yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just a fun movie and I was like, well, I think the director has said, like has stated that it is this other thing as well. Yeah. Um. But I think that's cool when you can experience a film either way depending on where you want to yeah. be at. That's the mm-hmm. funny
3: thing about satire. Yeah. In a, in like stand-up comedy is a perfect example. You know, you could you could go to a stand-up comedy set that is that is, you know, the majority of the jokes are satire. Mhm. And you could come out of that with the understanding that it's satire, or you could come yeah. out of that with the understanding that oh, this person up on the stage, um, they must be a, a misogynist, yeah, mm-hmm. or they must hate a certain group of people. And in reality, that's not what they're going for. Yeah, and and there's and there's a whole swath of people that get the joke. Yeah, um, but then there's another group Who of people don't? that don't, and that's that's the that's the nature of trying to weave a message into something that is like kind of hidden under you know the shell that what what it seems on the outside and really it's a lot deeper than that
1: and and I feel like with get out there was no leaving that without understanding that there was a political message yeah an allegory within the film and with us too and with this one I feel like you could blink and miss it, or you yep. could willfully choose to ignore it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could be somebody who sees it when you're young, and then later you're like, oh my yeah, goodness, there's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so much more. And my favorite kinds of films in general, but especially horror films, are ones like this where you can just appreciate it for the spectacle, for the fun, for the story, and then go back a second time, and a third, and a fourth, and keep seeing the layers, Ooh. and mm-hmm. get something new out of it every single time. Ooh. And I feel like this one, we've seen Get Out several times. I love Get Out, but I don't get anything new from it every time I watch it.
3: Right. Have you watched Us more than once?
1: Just the one time.
3: I'll tell you right now, the second watch through Us is, is very, very satisfying. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got to do that.
0: Well We'll have to do that.
3: I wanted to share with you guys. So
0: I structured my notes in the heading of Jordan Peele is a master of, and then I have a list <laughs> of things. Uh, that stuck out stuck out for me for this from this movie. Um, so I said balancing horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. I think he's got that unlocked. But I also I think he has a really he's a master of character. He gets mm-hmm. really great performances Ooh. from his actors, and he gets he just establishes their character very well. Like it's almost like very like Spielbergian. Like mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. have like a, the smallest kind of character role, but have them have so much personality that adds so much to the overall film. Yes. And I feel like there's that's really well done in this because it is a pretty limited cast, mm-hmm. um, but he gets some really great performances and character out of all the people in this. Um, I also think for Nope, um, the setting and location is done really well. Like it's very oh my goodness, unreal. the scale. It's so it, it's but it's so it feels so contained
1: and yet vast. Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal.
0: Like and it has this thing I don't know how to describe it, but describe it. But it's kind of like this practice of building familiarity so you can kind of put yourself there i kind of liken it to like the friends apartments in the show friends yeah right like you see those places crop up every episode and you're just like i i know the layout i know where i'm going and you where could walk through is. it mm-hmm. and be like i know exactly where i am exactly yeah. and that's how this kind of made me feel because it was so contained but it just had this vastness to it and yeah i, th- I thought that was really done really well done but I also appreciate, and he does this in everything that Jordan Peele does, and he has a bit of a a restraint to help build tension. So, like in that opening scene that you mentioned, Jeremy, like it's just kind of a locked-off shot. It's just one thing, Mm. and you're like, "Where's this going? What's going to happen next?" Um, But then he starts kind of filling in the puzzle pieces, totally, very slowly. Like he'll show you a little bit more of that scene, or he'll show you just like a different angle of that scene. And it creates these really haunting visuals. Mm. He's kind of a master at that. Like he'll show you very little until he wants to show you everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the re- the reveal it, when it gets to the reveal, you almost want him to pull back a little bit. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, th- this is a lot. I'm kind of feeling overwhelmed, and I feel he does that very, very well. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I, I just think, um, I, th- I think the the way he also goes about, um. Cinematography, especially with this, like the angles that they choose to use. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, to just reinforce scale or yeah. feeling feelings of isolation or feelings of fear, like just using cinematography to convey all those emotions was so good.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, like read. like,
3: like the, the 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 emotion of panic mm. done yeah. through cinematography was yeah. like perfect in this. Oh yeah, yeah, spot on. I, I also want to say that um, it, it's fun. Like halfway through the movie, I was thinking that uh, the character OJ Daniel Kaluuya. There was halfway through the movie, I was kind of like asking myself, like, do I care about this guy? Yeah. Like, I wasn't really sure if I was like tied to his character. And he is the, he's the, you know, he's the main character of the film. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the film, I very much did. And, and I think it was a testament to the performance that he brought to the table. Like he's so, um, you know, this is one of those, one of those movies with a character, a a main character who like doesn't have a lot of dialogue. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of like silence, a lot of, um, a lot of quietness you know like reminiscent of like um uh, uh what's his name super handsome boy from drive uh, oh, Ryan Gosling. Gosling Ryan Gosling he is in drive boy. <laughs> you know he like like Ryan Gosling is, is really great at that yeah. like of of taking silence and 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 making that silence so big yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Kaluuya just nailed it with that like he he really commands the screen without having to do very much at all Yet yeah. doing so much with that. It's it was it was very cool.
1: And what's so well done is juxtaposing that with like Kiki Palmer's yes. character of Emerald, oh who is just goodness. like yeah. the opposite of silence. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. constant filling of the space yeah. with body and sound, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and the dynamic between those two characters and and how that evolves over the film as we understand their past and, and where they are now mm. as like the fundamental crux of what the film's about brilliant yeah Yeah. so good
0: because yeah i agree with you on the character of oj like it felt there was this kind of feeling of he feels like cold and distant but by the end you're kind of like he's like it feels there's a lot of weight to him yes like and he's just internalizing all of the all of his thoughts all of his feelings and you know taking on responsibilities that he doesn't even necessarily need to take on yeah or like the benefit of some sort of greater
3: good that he feels he needs, which to do which I feel him. like on a second watch through that will oh, like that hit. first half it will really hit, and yeah. even just right now thinking about there's a there's a moment of small scene where he's, um you know they're, they're horse wranglers and and uh, their, their family business is is like uh, uh Hollywood Hayward horses for 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 bringing horses into film, and uh, there's a scene where he's he's on a set and you know wrangling a horse. But his uh his sister's not there with him he's by himself he's mm. not he's clearly not used to being by himself like he's not the one that speaks he's just the guy that he's the ranch hand yeah, yeah. and um he kind of like has to take he kind of has to take the center stage mm-hmm. and you can see it he is just so distraught with yeah. having to yeah. show up that way and and it wasn't until the end of the end of the movie thinking back to that scene like how Heavy that moment was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Watching is, that
1: back through. Well, that's yeah. the. So I agree with you that this movie is a lot about exploitation and spectacle and that kind of thing. But the other thing I think is about is trauma. Yes. Yeah, right. Totally, and and yeah. what. And there's kind of the traumas that are harder to name seem to come out in the Hayward story. Yeah. Like the traumas that like all of us have if we go and think about, you know, like how we grew up. Um, yeah. The impact our parents had on us, even if they weren't trying to fuck us up. Right. Like, and then you have these other characters with these more like explicit traumas that, like, you can't deny that that's traumatic. And yet we have this contrast between how these characters carry their traumas with them, how
3: they handle their trauma. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially with like, uh, with Jupe.
1: Yeah, and, like yeah. jupe versus OJ, yes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. In terms of the idea of trauma. And so I think yeah. there's there's a lot going on there. And I think that like harkens back to what I said earlier in that that can be relatable to anyone. Yeah. Right. While I think that Jordan Peele always has like the specific like black experience at the forefront of what he's doing. And yeah. I think that's important. And I'm so happy that he's making these movies. This film also felt like it had um things that we can all kind of pull from. And yeah. then can be these conversation starters, right? Yeah. If you want them to be, or it can just be a really fun movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, and uh, I think another part of what this movie is about is just about family and yeah. just navigating family dynamics and yeah. responsibility within a family yeah. and relationships. And yeah.
3: I love this movie. Yeah. I thought it was so
0: great. And
1: yeah. it has an Akira reference. Yes,
3: <laughs> It does. The Akira slide.
1: How could we have known?
3: And truly. Like it's, it is very good. evident. Yeah. And very yeah. obvious. Yeah, blatantly no obvious. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, before he made this movie, he was asked to direct Akira. Yeah. Uh, turned it down. And the Akira slide on an electric motorbike <laughs> happens in the movie. Spoiler alert. And it is fucking awesome.
1: It's so cool. Effing awesome. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's so, it's so good. And like how,
0: how great that. that Happened in the same week that we saw. Yeah, yes, yeah for the first time. I know, meant to I be. know, I know, yeah. I love that. All right, you guys. How did
3: Nope make you feel? Jeremy, let's start with you. So, um, Nope, I think confirmed an, uh, a phobia that I have that I didn't really realize I had a- until I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that phobia is uh, megalophobia, so megalophobia is a type of anxiety disorder in which a person experiences intense fear of large objects. A person with megalophobia oh. experiences intense fear and anxiety when they think of or are around large objects such as large buildings, statues, animals, and vehicles. So my whole life, I've been very, uh, very uneasy around giant horses. Like, mm-hmm. like if I'm next to a horse, I am really on my toes, like really aware, um, like they're just huge animals and, yeah. and, but I never really, I never really thought about that as like a phobia. I was just thought like, yeah, horses make me a little uneasy. Right. Um, and there's been two films that I've, that I have experienced this feeling of megalophobia, um, but didn't really think about it until after watching this movie, when it all clicked into, into peace for me, mm-hmm. those two films are Dune Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. recent mm-hmm. dune uh and the and the moment is is uh is specifically when um the house atreides uh ship like rises from the ocean ah. it's so big mm-hmm. and and the, the the scale of it and and like the shot like that wide shot and he's and um you know the the uh paul is so far away from it while watching it and you can it, it's just like oh my god oh my god that thing's too big that's too way too big it's yeah. so huge uh, and the other movie is the Interstellar, and it's with the wave um, coming mm. towards them, and I was like, that also gave me that feeling. But there's, right. there's a uh, there was a specific moment that happens on uh, Jupiter's claim, claim? Jupiter's claim, the name of his remember. ranch. Oh, yeah. was, I think it was Jupiter's claim. Yeah. Sure. Um, there's a moment in that on that set where uh, I almost like jumped out of my seat, really, from mm. this this sensation, this like phobia of large objects. And man, I tell you, I was like, I I, I loved it. I was like, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. like my heart was racing. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that was so thrilling. Holy yeah. moly. Um, so yeah, this movie uh made me feel uh scared. <laughs> this is
1: what I love so much about horror is that it's so unique to each person, right? Yes, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like what got me in this film was totally different from that. Yeah. Um, It was mostly the stuff from the opening scene. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And then there's one absolutely stunning scene with the house. Yes. That just... Something of nightmares. Like truly nightmares. But also beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Like I just loved it. So horror is... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just to echo what you said at the beginning, Jeremy, like I'm so... After we watched this, we watched the final trailer, the one that we've been covering our eyes and ears in <laughs> movie theaters for, for weeks. weeks now trying to avoid. Um I'm so glad that we did because yeah. it gives away the whole movie. Yeah. It yeah. gives away so many key things that I thought were so amazing about this movie, so I'm just so grateful we were able to avoid that and Yeah, I'm 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 I I loved everything about this movie. It had me on the edge of my seat. Um i'm i'm very happy that it was awesome and that we all enjoyed it yeah mm-hmm. and everybody had a good time with oh, it yeah,
1: walking out of that like everybody was just like that was so great yeah we right. like, having yeah. that energy. Yeah. yeah um
0: and i'm i'm just stoked for whatever jordan peele does next yeah he's just he, what he's doing with horror specifically is just my jam yeah i absolutely love it
3: he's so it's so funny man like him like he and peele <laughs> going, going from Keane yeah, Peel yeah. to like being literally yeah. one of the like the the best horror film directors of our time, mm. it's fascinating. It, it's his his career is just so so interesting. Yeah, you know, like the Rock. You know, you look at Dwayne Johnson, you're like, what a what a what a weird, fascinating trajectory that your life has taken. And uh, Jordan Peele's got that going on right now. It's just it's so interesting. Yeah, if you were to tell me that the Rock
0: is the second highest paid actor in Hollywood. I'd be like, excuse me.
3: Like, do you smell like from the days of, do you smell what the rock is cooking? with the <laughs> eyebrow, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah. To, to what it is today. It's, it's unreal. It's yeah. so wild. Yeah. It's nuts. Okay. Kylie, bring us home.
1: All right. I have to say, I felt so much pressure for this, for this <laughs> last movie because we, we've had a beautiful conversation. So I guess I didn't have to worry about anything, but, um, we watched some weird ones and some tough ones yeah. and some complicated ones to start with. So I I really wanted to pick something that was going to make us all cry. I couldn't figure it out. Ooh. So I picked something different. Um, there was a movie I really wanted to pick that I I don't, I don't really doubt any of us have seen, but I'm not going to say what it is because I'm going to try and find it later. But it, it's not available anywhere. Yeah, right. Um, you can't rent it. You can't buy it. Same
3: with Akira. You cannot find Akira anywhere. Th- that's right? mind boggling to Just me. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wild.
1: This one, you can probably... The one that I wanted to pick it's really new and it's, it's North American. So I don't know why, but what I ended up picking, um, is the 2017 movie Thelma. It's directed by Joachim Tria, um, and written by him and Eskil Voigt, who he writes all his movies with. I did look it up afterwards. It's in Norwegian and Swedish Ah. languages. Um, the main cast is Ellie Harbo as Thelma, Kaya Wilkins as Anya, who I think we all thought was a total babe. Oh my God. Holy moly. Henrik Reifelsen is Trond and Ellen Dorrit-Peterson is Uni. Um, I have cobbled together various synopses and added my own to it because I thought they all revealed way too much. So Mm. this is my combined and created synopsis. A college student starts to experience extreme seizures. She lives a normal student life away from her conservative parents. She soon begins to realize there's something strange about her.
2: Nice. (laughs) Good.
1: So uh, what I quickly realized is that neither of you had even heard of this movie. No, mm-hmm. It's actually been something I've been wanting to watch for a long time um, before I even knew about Worst Person in the World, which has kind of made Tria really well-known right now. What did you guys think of this? Elliot, stir off.
0: Yeah, like you said, I hadn't heard of it. I had seen the poster um, and that was kind of the extent of my knowledge about it. Um, and I, so I didn't know what to expect going into it at all. But I think that all of us it was a testament to it that all of us were totally engaged in this movie. Like we were all kind of trying to figure out what it was about and what was gonna happen in it. So yeah, I was kind of on edge the whole time. Um and I, I thought that it did a really great job of building tension Ooh. and building intrigue the whole way through. Um and does it? Yeah, it has some pretty upsetting stuff in it. Like, it's yeah, it's a, it's, it's not like the most intense or most upsetting thing I've ever seen, but it does have some imagery in it and some, some themes. Haunting. And some, yeah, very haunting. Kind of sticks with you. Yeah.
1: Jeremy, this was like a, a real experience of mystery movie pick. Yeah. Which like you, like you both knew nothing about it,
3: didn't even hear of it.
1: So, like, as it's unfolding, like you're not even sure what to expect. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of it?
3: Uh, I mean, the fact that I had no clue what is is one of the things that made it so enjoyable mm-hmm. because I really didn't know where it was going to go, mm-hmm. what was happening. There were a number of times in the movie where I just remember going, "Oh my, oh, oh no!" You're yeah, like, I have
1: written here how often you said, "Oh wow!" Oh
3: wow! Yeah, yeah. Like I was, just, <laughs> I was, I was really. There was a, a number of times where I was just really your audio commentary was very fun. Back. Um, I so here's the thing. I um, uh, I love religion as used as like a an allegory or as like or as like a narrative tool mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite things um ever like i it, like religion and cults are like my two things that i just i i love when it's included in in a in a, a story um and which is funny because like i, I although I, I you know my family technically grew up roman catholic um uh, I, I kind of like, I, I, I fell out of it when I was like 12. I just told my mom, like, I'm not doing this anymore, you know, I don't believe in the tooth fairy, nor should I believe in Jesus or, you know, all these stories that we've been, you've been telling me. And my mom was like, huh, well, I can't force you. so whatever. <laughs> Um, and then I became like staunch atheist, like, mm. like kind of a annoying atheist, mm. you know? Um,
1: like high school. Yes. Uh,
3: But oddly enough, I still had this like fascination with religion. Mm -hmm. Like even in high school, like for drama class, like I remember writing a play that was about a guy who gets to the, the, you know, the gates of heaven and there's a reason that they don't let him in and it's a comedy. It's it's really funny. Um, the leftovers, like my, my all time favorite television show ever. Um, religion plays a huge key role in that. Uh I just I find religion really fascinating and and religion played a a pretty key role in this movie which yeah. which like I I as soon as that started coming up I latched on like I was yeah. I was just in it. Um I I thought it was a really cool slow burn of a film and um and even as the story started to unfold and we started to learn more about Thelma and about what it is that she's struggling with that this thing that makes her different. Um I didn't know where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking, oh, maybe this is going to go down uh, you know, go down a road where she's going to be bad or maybe it's going to go down a road where she's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh I don't really know and and the way it ended, um I thought it was like a perfect ending. Like I I, did, love I thought this the ending. ending was so oh, okay. so so cool. Agreed. Um and yeah, I really I I was I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great.
1: Well, that's so we watched like three pretty zany action-packed movies and then this was I would describe this as a movie that unfurls um, just throughout and you know interesting that you say like when when something's about religion you latch onto it and you're fascinated would you say yeah totally like we the leftovers is also our favorite tv show of all time hands down amazing but I I was raised completely (laughs) without religion like completely without so both of my parents I think grew up it, like going to Sunday school, going to church. um, And it like, it wasn't even mentioned to me as a kid. Like I have this, this distinct memory. I was living in the second house I lived in. So I must've been like nine, 10, 11 and saying to my mom, like, what happens when you die? And she, she just like casually looks at me. We're in the kitchen and she's just like, you go in the ground and the worms eat you. And just like walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Not wrong. My, now my dad was spiritual, I would say, but not yeah. religious when he was Elliot knows this. But when he was 16, uh, he was working in a, t- uh, a mechanic's shop, and a tire blew up in his face, mm. and he got hit with the hubcap. Oh wow! Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it destroyed half his face. He lost his eye. Oh my god. Um, and like, yeah, like he the the impact of it ripped his neck apart. Oh my god. And he he died. Like he flatlined. The um, it's really interesting, unimportant, but interesting. My mom's dad was there when it happened. Um, my parents weren't dating at the time and they didn't have time. I was in Rocky mountain house in Alberta. They didn't have time to get him to get an ambulance. So they Whoa. like threw him like all these men who worked at the shop. My dad's 16. They throw him into the back of a truck oh my and, god. and race him there. But he, uh, he died from internal bleeding and they got him back. Oh my god! And, and from that experience, like that whole experience, I, I think changed him. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. the root I think of, of why he died at 55 is he was on prescription pain meds his entire mm. life. Mm hmm. From this pain, and he never learned how to talk about it. Yeah, he never learned how to talk about it. I only found out recently that he had to take out his eye and clean it. He always told me it was partially real. My mom told me this like a, a couple months ago, and I was like, Holy shit, like how did I not know that about him? And she said, He never took it out in front of me either. Like, what a life to wow. live. Um, but because of that, he had this like deep spirituality, but it like came from this, like, he just felt like this, there's something else. And I know this because of when I died. Like, he just felt that. But but it was never tied to religion. Right. And I remember my, my mom, oh, my mother, sending me to Faith Bible Camp in Alberta um, when I was like 10, 11, 12. There was this neighbor, my mom's best friend's daughter is a year older than me. And I thought she was really cool and she was going to the camp, so I wanted to go. And they do like three months worth of church in like a week. And I had never gone to church. I didn't know what prayer was. Mm. And it just like messed me up so badly. I was like, why is everybody closing their eyes before we eat? Like I we had to like <laughs> memorize biblical verses and I yeah. it was uh it was such a shock. So when I see things about religion, particularly as they're portrayed in this film, like I'm deeply uncomfortable and I also like just don't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it because it's completely I was so old by the time I figured I like learned what religion was that it just like doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting because I feel like we're all kind of coming at this from different yeah yeah viewpoints. Like my and the my experience with religion growing up is that I didn't go to church. my My family's not are not my family is not religious at all, but because of a proximity thing, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten until grade ten. So I was very much immersed in mass and like doing ceremonies at churches and getting taken to a camp once a year where like you go and they, they lure you in, they lure you in with kick the can and (laughs) like tug, tug of war and and stuff like that. But then in the evening time, they make you go to your corners and like say little prayers and stuff. Exactly. So like I, I kind of grew up with this knowledge of Catholicism without actually practicing it. And a lot of my friends went to Catholic school because they were Catholic. So I, I had a lot of Catholic friends as well. Um, but yeah, like I identify as, and identified as a uh, atheist for like a really long time in my life. So yeah, like it, it's, it's funny cause watching a film like this, like it doesn't raise discomfort in me. I, like, I mean the obvious things do, but I feel like from the religious standpoint, it doesn't do the same thing to me as it, as I think it does to you. Whereas like it, it doesn't cause me that discomfort mm-hmm. maybe cause I have a little bit more experience just from a different perspective. Then there's an
1: interesting part of it too that doesn't apply to any of us. But um, one of my real, like one of my best friends, uh, grew up evangelical, and is queer, Ooh. and it's been incredibly painful. And parents are still really religious, right? It's it's a painful process to yeah. to change your your point of view, and then to like be a part, like to come into your queerness and have your family not accept that. Um, and as I was watching this, I was thinking about her and thinking about how traumatic watching Ooh. this film would be that yeah, like yeah. if I rec she'll be listening. <laughs> um when yeah. like when she needs to be in the right headspace to watch this, probably and know totally. that there's gonna be a lot of religious trauma that might be brought up. Yep, yeah. Um and that was, you know, so that was something that I think for me was just so fundamentally like, like I loved this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like this was a like maybe one of my favorite movies I've seen in a while um, and it was this this idea of being like repressed by your parents right and like not being able to come into yourself because of your parents focused on the queer experience and while it's it's done through religion like I can relate to that yeah. um, as somebody who like really didn't acknowledge my own queerness until like I don't know it was 2021 20, we were already in a relationship because and you know raised completely without religion but I was 16 years old when my mom looked me in the eye and said, if you're a lesbian, don't you ever tell me.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Right.
1: And then religion didn't even play a part in that. And seeing this, like this idea of power and queer power put through the lens of like the type of film this is, I thought was beautiful Ooh. and stunning. And like, yeah, I just, I went through a roller coaster of emotions with this as like a queer person who did live with like, you know, not, I, I don't really know about what my dad would have thought, but like, W- even without religion, a repression around that. Ooh. You know, mm. I thought it was really powerful.
0: I got that too. Like it, it felt like it was super impactful on multiple levels. But by the end, I, th- I think you said, Jeremy, like the ending is very like I I love that it, it takes the ending that it does, and where it could have taken something probably a little bit more familiar. You liken this to another like seventies horror movie, a yeah. very famous horror movie, and it subverts that. And I think for the better, Ooh. given the story that it's trying
1: to tell. Well, here. yeah, and the, po- the power mm-hmm. that I felt from this would have been lost if it was ended in a different way. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, like, I actually found this to be, like, a deeply personal film for me. Yeah. And I liked that it was done through allegory. Yeah, totally.
3: Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Awesome.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I think, like, from an execution standpoint, for me, like, I think um, Ellie Harbo was incredible like just like i have such
3: a crush on her she's like totally babely but like
0: like just delivered just such a great performance and like held the movie down so well um but also like i thought again here like cinematography was so good like they i mentioned it while we were watching it but like so many like lingering shots on like things in the background or very slow push-ins, like the the movie's book-ended with a very slow push into like a crowded square of people, and then it ends with a a pull out from that that same kind of scene, ooh. which I thought was really interesting. And I th- I feel because it's like a crowd of people that are kind of all moving in different directions. Like I'm kind of like, who am I supposed to be focusing on here? Ooh, ooh. And where is my eye supposed to go? It's a
1: very studyable film. Yeah, it's very yeah the f- film film school film.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah. It
1: it kept me in a stranglehold. Like I just felt like, you know, it it's beautiful. Like yeah. the imagery's beautiful, but I was like kind of just arrested by it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh how did it make you guys feel?
0: On edge. Um some of it was very upsetting. Um but I and I, like I had like empathy for our our main character and and what she was going through, but it's also just like at the end of it. I was just like really stoked on how well done this was and the story that was being told and how it was executed. Yeah, I thought I thought it was great. Um, I'm very happy to have seen it.
3: Yeah, it uh, it definitely again like a lot of the movies um, that we watched. It made me it definitely made me feel a bit disturbed mm-hmm. in a really nice way that I really <laughs> appreciate. Um, and it. It got my, it really got my imagination going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like this is one of those movies that like, if you have a, an interest in like writing uh, fiction, like this, this is a great film to watch just to kind of get your like creative juices flowing. Mm. Um, it made me, you know, it made, and this is, this isn't really, this doesn't really tie into the movie, but it made me think about Um, sometimes I'll just like think like if I could have a superpower, what would it be? (laughs) And, and it kind of, it, it sort of um, made me think about that, but more so think about like, instead of if I had a superpower, what would it be? And more so if I had a superpower, what would happen to me?
1: Mm.
3: How would that affect me?
1: Not what would I do? but Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: Like what, not what would my superpower be and Mm -hmm. what would I do to use it? Like how would that, set me apart from everyone else and how would that have an effect on my like social life and my and my my mental well-being and like which is really cool because i've never thought about that you know mm-hmm. like i've been watching the the boys season three which is all about superheroes that like abuse their powers and uh and that gets me thinking like oh yeah i wonder like if i was gonna be a superhero and the boys like what would be my superpower uh but i've never thought about the the notion of and I I love those types of thoughts. Like you know, I, I think I one of the questions I asked you guys when you first got here was like, "Hey, uh, if you if you had a genie and you had three wishes, like what would the three wishes be?" And it's it for a lot of people, it's a hard question.
1: Yeah, we had like a half hour chat. Yeah, about yeah.
3: <laughs> and I love thinking about those things. Like yeah. I, I love letting my imagination run and just think about these these hypothetical situations that would never happen. Um, and this movie, this movie kind of set me up for like some fun imaginatory, uh, exploration. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I really, I really appreciated that.
1: Well, uh, Eskil Voigt, who co-wrote the screenplay, he has a movie that just came out and I think it's coming out to shutter right away called the innocence, um, which we tried to see in, uh, in Edmonton, but the night that it was playing, uh, our cat had a crisis and we had to drive home. We were like on our way to the movie. Um, and it's, it's written and directed by him, and I think it has similar vibes to this film. It's about a group of kids. that's um, all I'll say, cool. Okay, <laughs> the that's innocence, fine, yeah. and it'll, it'll be up on Shudder soon. Nice. Um, I guess I'll cap it with how I felt. I just like my breath was suspended while I watched this movie, and mm. it had me totally glued to it. A, lo- a lot of the movies we watched this week, like, just really captured my attention. I, I wasn't drifting, and I found it to be really impactful. So, I'm awesome. glad it wasn't terrible. I had never seen it either. <laughs> And uh, ended the week with something a little different. Yeah. All right. Okay.
0: How are you guys? I'm. It's the time. It. Let's talk about some bad dads and rad dads. Yeah. I
1: had a hard time, you guys.
3: So
0: did I.
1: Like, I was like, I don't, for both, I had a hard time. Yeah,
0: same. Okay. I'll kick us off with a bad dad nomination. So I, I went pretty literal with mine. I picked the character of Trond from mm. Thelma. Mm. Um, I mean, from the opening scene of this movie, it's set out pretty early that he's a bad dad um but just like throughout the movie he's very controlling yeah he's a pretty dangerous person actually and he kind of creates and perpetuates this toxic household dynamic and family dynamics um and while he may argue or say that he has all like good intentions in mind uh they're all poorly executed Mm. and that i think that makes him a very bad
3: He's a pretty bad dad. Um, I went with Auntie uh, from <laughs> that House. That's my runner-up. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I chose Auntie because um, you know she, uh, her character, um, the way that she handles um, a past trauma mm. is extraordinarily selfish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and has zero regard for anybody else in her life, and mm-hmm. just. Rains terror on Mm. so many so many young lives um, which essentially squashes their ability Mm -hmm. to like thrive as a human um, or live as a human (laughs) for that matter Um, so so yeah I think auntie uh, you know the the thought of auntie being my dad would make (laughs) me really bummed out uh, if I had a dad that just like could not come to grips with some lost love or some trauma and i'm i have to face the brunt of that yeah
1: you suffer because of it so auntie was also rattling around in my mind so i think we'll talk about it but i ended up picking father from house uh saho says says uh um (laughs) (laughs) wow did not say that right uh he is just so clueless he's about so gorgeous. so like, yeah. yeah, he's just, like, he has no idea what yeah. she needs, yeah. what she's thinking. He just, like, shifts <laughs> his focus to his new girlfriend, and he's like, and now you won't need to sew my stuff anymore. Yeah. How happy will yeah, you be, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, just doesn't <laughs> handle this, like, sh- he shifts his daughter's life without any thought yeah. to what that's going to mean to her, um, and he doesn't see the emotional turmoil, like, brewing in her. He's just willfully ignorant to mm. it. Um... So I don't want that in a in a father. No. All that being said, I think Auntie's the winner.
0: I I, uh, I agree. I got. She
1: was she was on my list.
3: Yeah.
0: She, I don't know
1: why I didn't pick her.
3: She was runner. She was runner up for me. She's also. She's also. Like. Really mean, like <laughs> like she she's so yeah. conniving. And like, like, like she knows. So she she's, knows she's messing with these. As people. she's
1: being selfish, it's yeah. on Like there's a sadi- she's, sadism yes, to it, right? Absolutely,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, there
1: my, I think my favorite scene in the movie is is the scene where we really get that. Yes. And it's just like, yeah. Auntie.
3: What a horrible woman.
1: Well, I guess we'll say, uh, Auntie, go out away. Here, get go out later. of here. We don't want yeah. you.
3: No, Heck. not my dad. No. <laughs> not my dad. <laughs> not, my dad. <laughs> not, not today, dad. Um, okay, rad dad. dad of the week.
1: Don't fe- start. You started already. I, I, have,
3: I have a feeling we're all going to have the same one, I bet. You, I,
1: um,
3: I don't I have know. A, I, no, no, no I have a feeling maybe.
1: Oh goodness. Okay.
3: Okay. I picked OJ. Oh, that's what right?
0: I picked. Oh, <laughs> oh,
1: so you're the, you're the odd one out. I'm
0: out. I'm the odd one oh, out. Oh shoot. Yeah. Um, I just love and we kinda of talked about it already. Like I love how much he grows throughout the mm-hmm. movie yeah. and that he's he seeks understanding throughout mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. as well. Um he's very like he's very protective of his family and the people he cares about and he and there's like a drive to him. Um, to keep moving forward and to want to want to, you know, get to the bottom of things or to look after the people he cares about. Um, I love that dad energy.
1: Yeah, that's what I said too, is like, you know, he reminds me probably of the difficult dads that like many my dad was not like this. Like my dad was super hard to be mad at, even Mm -hmm. when like he just he deserved your anger. mm -hmm. Because the second you got in the, the room with him, he's like got so much warmth and like childlike whimsy, and it was just like I really want to hate yeah, you right now, yeah. but you're so, you're just like, the energy you you just so wonderful. So my dad was not like this, but I think a lot of people's dads are, where they like, they feel closed off, they feel hard to crack. Yeah. But yet there's this like, fierce love within them, and I feel like we see, that blossom throughout the film, like we, and we see that growth, like you're talking about, that's ultimately about like, looking out for the best for others. Mm. Um, and I, I thought it was really, really beautiful. Who did
3: you pick? Who'd that you thought pick? we were all going to pick? I chose Tetsuo. No, I'm uh. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, I chose um I chose um uh Emerald, uh OJ's sister. sister. Oh, yeah. Um because she is uh although she is is uh a little bit annoying in her like in her pursuits to like like maybe selfishly kind of focus on her own um successes and her own sort of like path um, she she also kind of this, has this like innate inability to abandon mm. um, the people close to her mm-hmm. and she there's also just something so infectious about her personality and um, you know like she could walk into a room that everyone's just like not vibing and having like a bad day and, and really like turn things around. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that would be really like a nice thing to have in a dad, you know, a dad that although, yeah, maybe is like a little aloof and, and like not really that connected sometimes, but like is, you know, is going to be there when you need him and, uh, or them and, uh, and, and willing to like put, put themselves on the line you know Mm -hmm. if if things get really serious um so yeah that's why i went with the i
1: I have an idea we make our own rules i think that you need the two of them together i think they should be co-parents
3: yeah they are i mean they're (laughs) pretty they would be a pretty good it's it's a the blend of both you need them both right like maybe they Mm -hmm. both need
1: to be our dads this week yeah the the first double dad
3: yeah totally Mm I don't know. That. What do you guys think? I I'm into it. I I think it's
0: you great. want an
1: inaugural co-parent.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I Elliot.
0: Yeah, I'm down. I love that. I love that idea. Cause yeah, like when I was putting together, like I, I was between OJ and Emerald. Yeah.
3: Cause
1: I also considered Kung Fu.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> yes, dude. Yes.
0: Kung
1: Fu. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's somebody who will protect you. That is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And they come with their own theme music too. That's I know. Right. Yeah.
1: Every time that your dad comes to protect you, you get this like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I was like, ooh, who? Like, who is it? Who is it? And there was things about Emerald that I was like, yeah, they're not perfect for a dad, although no dad is perfect, and things about OJ as well. So I think they fill in the gaps for each other, mm-hmm. and like really beautifully mirror yeah. each other. So I think Emerald and OJ Hayward, they are, they are dads. Dad
3: amazing. I yeah. love it. All awesome. right. Nice. Thanks guys. This was a lot of fun. This is so um, fun. But, I'm so glad this
0: happened. Um for the red wreck of the week, uh visit Halifax. <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. We've had we've had a lot of fun here. Uh met some really great people, done some really fun things. Um uh, off the top mentioned the propeller arcade that that was definitely a highlight but and not to put you on the spot jeremy but do you have any other recommendations of just like oh like so many uh, just like a hot like off the top of your head first recommendation of something to do in halifax when
3: you uh, go to duncan's cove um uh beautiful spot uh bar kismet if you want some like michelin star quality food uh that isn't michelin rated uh propeller arcade is like the coolest place in the, f- the world. And uh, if you're here during a screening,
2: Ugh.
3: it's, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are just missing it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre screening tomorrow for 450 We're people. so disappointed. Back With barbecue. <laughs> and they're giving away a chainsaw. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other recommendation would be uh, me. Yeah. Uh, if you're coming to Halifax, and I mean this, if you're coming to Halifax, just like sh- DM me. Let me know. I, I, there's not, I love the city more than any city in Canada. There's a reason I live here. Um, I, I truly adore Halifax. And so there's like showing people my favorite movies and favorite TV shows and favorite music. Like I get so much enjoyment from sharing the things that I love with people. And I feel the same way about Halifax. So like a complete stranger could hit me up and be like, I'm coming to town. I don't know you. And I'd be like, all right, cool. Let me like clear my schedule and do whatever I can to like chauffeur you around (laughs) and tell you where to go and show you the cool things that I love about the city because I do think it's a really special
2: place. Yeah,
1: on that note, just like thank you so much. It was for doing that, for clearing your schedule, spending so much time with us, driving us around, being our (laughs) Uber, picking up pizza for us. So Um, much pizza. (laughs) We had a lot of pizza, a lot of movies. Like it was, I think you made us feel really at home here. Oh, good. I'm glad. And just Mm -hmm. like really relaxed in the midst of like a long vacation we haven't been away from home for this long since 2018 yeah um so like truly thank you it was it was a blast
3: you're welcome anytime anytime yeah and the and the door the offer is open to anyone who comes to the city that's listening
0: nice well thank you again for doing another episode with us jeremy
3: so fun. I honestly i'll do it again anytime <laughs> like I, I this is so up my alley I'm, I, I i wish this was my podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. It doesn't
1: sound like you're ever going to leave Halifax, but uh, (laughs) if you ever moved to Edmonton, the not best city in Canada, (laughs) I am coming
3: to Edmonton though. If anyone's listening to this and they want to come to a sick boy live show, uh, Edmonton on the uh, September 19th, we're coming up. So we're going to do a show and uh, we will be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It'll be a fun time. Awesome. Thank you to all of you who are listening.
0: Uh, We drop a new episode every Thursday. Uh, Until then, you can follow us and slide into our DMs on Instagram at baddad.raddad. Hit us up on Twitter, baddadraddad. You can get a sneak peek of what we've been watching on our individual letterboxed accounts. Usernames are in the show notes. And we would absolutely love you forever if you could drop us a rating, review, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. But that's going to do it for these stinkies for this week. So until next time.
1: I'm Kylie and my dad's dead.
0: I'm Elliot, and my dad's a deadbeat.
1: But remember,
0: not all dads have to be bad.